You're listening to the Keep Optimizing Podcast to increase your traffic, improve your conversion rates, and grow your profits. Hello and welcome. If you are looking to improve the performance and return on investment of your marketing, you've come to the right place. I'm Chloe Thomas, the host of this Marketing Focus podcast, and it's very cool to have you tuning in to our 47th episode. Yes, we are fast approaching that big 5-0. We are fast approaching being live for a whole year. In today's episode, we are continuing our journey around Google Ads by getting deep into Google Shopping campaigns. Yes, that beautiful thing in the world of e-commerce marketing, the Google Shopping campaign. And my guest, Richard, is going to be taking us into how to get started with it, as well as some simple strategies you can put in place to make it work better for you and some really clever stuff as well. So there really is something for all of you in this one. And if you're not using Google Shopping yet, get on with it because it's a world of opportunity for your business. Uh, We're going to meet Richard in a second, but before we do, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments, building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash masterplan. Today, I'm chatting with Google Ads expert Richard Hill. In one way or another, Richard's been in digital marketing and e-commerce since 1999. Yes, the turn of the millennium. Uh, he's, he's worked in a range of sectors and helped retailers in a wide variety of ways. And he's now best known in the e-commerce space as the CEO and founder of the e-commerce marketing agency, Ecom One. Hello, Richard. Hi, Chloe. How are you doing? I'm good. And it's excellent to have you here on the show. We're talking about a subject which I find fascinating, as I think the audience have realised this month, um, and also something which I know you know a lot about. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this one. It's going to be good. Me too. Me too. Excited to um, share a few things with your listeners. Cool. Well, look, before we get into Google Shopping, um, how did you get into Google Ads? Well, we're going to have to go back quite a while, actually. Um, you say 1999, I think literally a couple of years after that, 2002-ish, um, was when I started with Google Ads. So coming up to 20 years, really, sort of in the interface in, in one way or another, a bit less so in the interface now. We've got a, a team that sort of focus on all the, the day-to-day activities within the agency and client work. Um, but 2002, um, had my own stores. Obviously, doing a lot of Google sort of SEO side of things. And um, back then, there was this thing called Frugal, which um, was free Google listings, which seems really ridiculous to say out loud right now, (laughs) that you could list your products on Google in probably literally two or three hours and be on that first page of Google um, in in a matter of hours, if you like. Um, So 2002, 2003, around that time was where I started. And sort of in the glory days, really, where um, Mm. it was free um, to list your products. Um, Not a lot of people were doing it. You know, in comparison today, obviously, there wasn't anywhere near like the amount of stores, etc. So it was very, very good times. You know, a bit like SEO at the time as well. Very, very easy to to rank and things like that. But in terms of Google Ads and Google Shopping, you would list your products for free, you know. And then fast forward almost 20, 20 years later, um, you know, we have an agency that focuses on Google Shopping and obviously now it's paid. It has been since I think 2011, 2012. And I've sort of seen it from free 
change its name from Google Shopping to Google Ads and, and well, Frugal right at the beginning yeah. and, see, and seeing everything in between, really. Yeah, so, yeah, I've seen it from both sides. I've had my own stores sort of back in the day um, when I was um, running e-commerce stores for myself for about 10 years. And then we set up the agency um, about 11, 12 years ago. And now, you know, for 11, 12 years and now, you know, we spend our time managing ads and particularly Google Shopping ads for clients. And I don't know if you you find this as well, but as someone who, I mean, I wasn't doing it quite as early as you, it was about 2003, 2004, I started getting my hands dirty in the tools and, and doing things. And what, what I find is that although 20 years have passed, the techniques are broadly the same. You know, the the aptitude, the skill set, how you make it work in SEO and in Google Ads. Yeah is essentially the same. It's just become more difficult because of the competition levels and because of the complexity of the tools. Is that, you know, you're, you're closer to it than I am these days. Would you say that's still the case? I would agree. I think you've got like like a lot of marketing avenues. You've got this little tech piece. So when you look at Google Shopping, you've got the, the feed and the technicalities around the feed. A bit like SEO, you've got the technicalities around technical SEO and server side and, you know, and, and the layout of sites and chronicalization or various, various, various elements of the technical piece. Whereas with shopping, um, you've got this technical piece around the feed. So you've got to create this feed and get it out of the store. Um, and that's quite often, you know, a basic feed is taken out. Um, and that's the basics but then we start getting into really trying to make that work that's not good enough to just be able to take a basic feed out you've got to then create you know a very 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 thorough feed that's completely completely filled in if you like all the different Mm. areas of the feed are are optimized Um, and then going back to that the fundamentals it's then really drilling in and looking at what's working or not working you know and tweaking you know that's sort of the the base level those things haven't changed and it's really just going creating a lot more levers creating a lot more things to tweak and knowing what to tweak and using automations and using scripts technology layering newer things in you know and obviously new things come along all the time which I'm sure we're going to talk about and it's exploring those having an element of budget potentially to explore new things to make sure that some of the newer um, things that that happen in an account or are released, you know, if they're bringing, you know, we'll probably touch on like CSS, for example, and some of the newer things this last year or two, making sure that you are testing and trying and, you know, and actually have a, have a percentage of budget that is enabling you to test things rather than just sort of setting it up, letting it run, and then ultimately it probably doesn't work that great. You know, it's making sure that you are doing things thoroughly. I love the fact you've mentioned test budgets because I think it's something which, which I think, uh, as a you know running running the podcast I do, I think it's something I gloss over a bit is is test budgets, and I think it's something a lot of retailers don't leave space for in their budget. You know, it's like oh, we set up the Google Ads and we want it to achieve this return year after year after year, and it's like well, you've got to have some money that you're willing to lose in order to learn to maintain that level year after year after year. So ballpark, what what percentage of a Google ad spend would you put into testing? Just to give the audience an idea. Are we talking 50%, 5%, 1%? I mean, it obviously depends on that client's sort of um, willingness to, uh, to um, commit to tests. I think when, if somebody's quite a seasoned AdWords um, a company using AdWords, um, then I would sort of say ten to twenty percent would be a, would mm-hmm. be a, would be a good amount to be testing new campaign structures, testing you know different ad types, testing you know say you know with shopping for example you know typically with an e-com store you know you might have you know five hundred SKUs or fifty thousand SKUs so fifty thousand SKUs to optimize fifty thousand SKUs. 
one by one is quite a task. So really, you've got to be testing some form of um, scripts or technology layered in there to be able to do some of that heavy lifting, to, to be able to go into 50,000 SKUs manually with all the will in the world. You're not going to do it. You know, it's not you to know. go into five hundred <laughs> yeah, manually isn't yeah. going to happen. <laughs> you know, even if even, yeah, exactly. So in terms of testing, right? So what do we do there? We can potentially test, you know, certain set of campaigns around bestsellers, whether that's the top five percent. But even so, it's still a lot of campaigns. We've then got to create test campaigns for or test remarketing, um, and then. Um, you know, if you're then going to start using some technology, that technology then costs money ultimately. So you've got, a, you know, a test budget to test, you know, maybe some third-party tools or third-party scripts. Um, but yeah, 10 to 20%, um, I would say, is sort of where we are. But we've obviously got different clients that give us more of a free reign and we might be sort of 25, 30% on, t- on testing. But obviously we're very, we've got a very tight eye on what we are testing, you know, and really looking at those sort of con- conversion values, ROAS, et cetera, yeah. Yeah, because I always think a testing budget is money you're willing to lose, but which you're trying to create a return on. So it's it should return something, but or enable you f- returns in the future. But you've got to be willing to go. Okay, that test didn't work. What have we learned? Let's do something else. Yeah, um, the mindset has to be there, doesn't it? Right. Let's let's get properly into Google Shopping now. Um, you mentioned automations and scripts, so I think we're going to start there because I think. You know, we're going to play this for those who are already doing some Google shopping, I think, for the for the next few minutes at, at, at least. And I think a lot of retailers I come across are very much doing the Google shopping optimization manually. Yeah. And their ears are probably pricked up with scripts, automation. This sounds yeah. complicated, but rather intriguing. Yes. So how might we want to be using Oh, actually, first off, is there a difference between a script and an automation or is it just terminology? It's just terminology, really. You know, we, we could, we, I guess some people listening will go, well, they, they, are, they can be different, but really it's the same sort of thing, really. You're, you're trying to get something to automatically happen, um, whether that's using Google's own scripting or using a third party um, tool, if you like, that, that's got potentially some pre-built scripts that you can then tweak. And are we using those scripts? Because I guess there's, 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 you've got the two key parts of Google Shopping. We've got the feed and we've got what happens in Google Ad Manager. Yeah. Can we use scripts on both and automations on both to tweak and optimise? Or is this purely an in-Google Ads thing? Google Ads thing really for optimising the ads. But then mm-hmm. you could have sort of you could have sort of alerts set up on your merchant centre, for example, if certain things are happening in your merchant centre that are sort of... A, derogatory or you know certain amount of products go um stop to stop showing because there's there's issues with them you can set up alerts for things like that but when we say scripts the sort of things that people should be thinking about this is quite a big topic but with, with google shopping um so we know that scripts and automations are essentially the same thing everyone so as we're talking about this we're going to use the words interchangeably. It's not two different tactics. Uh, and we're going to focus in on what happens in the Google Ads Manager account. Yeah. So what's the what's the most common script you you were putting in place for for people? What's kind of like you when you log into an account, you're like, I cannot believe they haven't automated that. So when we're working with a client, one of the first sort of things that we will do within that onboarding is just to understand what the objectives are. So let's say you know, a client is trying to get a five times return on his ad spend or, you know, let's go with five times return. Well, we'll go with 10 times, make the math a bit easier. Go with, go with that, <laughs> ten, 10 times return ad spend and they want, 
you know, 100 gram from ads. So they're going to spend 10K, aim to get 100K back. So we've got this 10 times ROAS. So when we look at all, let's say we've got a thousand SKUs in there. And ultimately, when we build out a campaign or multiple, multiple campaigns, um, we've got a ROAS for each SKU potentially, or we've got a ROAS mm -hmm. for all and um, each category, subcategory of products. And then when we open up the the um, the filters in the in in the ad um, in Google Ads, you can see what the ROAS is at, at um, SKU level. And let's say we were trying to get a five, but a lot of products are performing above a five and below a five, and this products were performing at a fifteen and products were performing at a one. Obviously, they're all different different ROAS um, returns um, on product level. And then when we go to like the category level, we can get an overriding feel for what the, what the category is. What we can do is layer a script in to say, right, what I want you to do script is to go in there and um, on a Monday morning, look at every category um, that is below the five. And if it is below the five on, a, on an average of say seven days or 30 days, um, reduce the bids by a penny. For example, so we know mm -hmm. that they're in effect that those campaigns are not performing where we want them. So automatically go and reduce the bids by a penny. If they are performing to a nine or a ten, set the criteria in the script, um, which is exceptional. It's nearly almost double what the um, target ROAS is. Then we're going to increase the bids by two, three pence. But we can mm -hmm. have these scripts running by you know every Monday. That script might run every Monday, for example, or we could run a script that um, let's say. Um, we've got a sales that's just come through a Google Shopping ad, and we can see um, the what what particular product was sold from that ad, um, obviously. Um, and then what we can say is go and create a very specific SCAG in search ads for that product as well. The next What's morning. What's a SCAG? So single keyword ad group. Okay. So so we can, let's say, let me pick, I don't know, I've got a beautiful Prince mouse mat on my desk. <laughs> <laughs> now, if we'd sold a Prince mouse mat um, through Google Shopping, we can run a script the next day and say, right, we, sold a, we know that we sold this product through this keyword search. Um, let's create a search ad for that actual keyword that triggered that sale the previous day. So we're actually creating ads specifically to products that sold the previous day. And that's always ongoing, ongoing, ongoing. So we layer in about six or eight um, scripts usually in the first few weeks into an account. And then usually sort of four or five months, we might have 30 scripts running in an account, you know, whether that's a day part in scripts, you know, think of all the settings that are in an AdWords account. Um, you know, whether that's, you know, day parting, you know, time of day, whether that's location bidding, we can have a script, go in there and say, right, find me all the times of day that are performing at X ROAS or at a certain criteria and adjust up and down the bidding based on that criteria. So we've kind of gone through two types of script there. One is the type where you're getting it to do the base optimization, kind of the housekeeping optimization for you. So you're constantly tweaking and amending but it's doing it all for you so you can focus your manpower on the more exciting and intelligent aspects of google shopping and then the other one is um, using it to learn from google shopping to make your keywords better which was the script that creates the skag the single keyword ad group yeah nice yeah okay right i think unless there's anything else on scripts i think we should should move on to another era of google shopping but you're about to say something so was there something really 
hot and exciting? I think it's just that ultimately most of your listeners, I think, will have thousands of SKUs. So using scripts is very key for e-com stores more than any type of business because you've just got so many products potentially with so many levers that scripts can go in and do a lot of that heavy lifting and then you can spend your time you know, doing the more sort of commercial, you know, looking at the account more, spending more time on the industry, who's doing what. It's the role of automation, I guess, in any part of a business, isn't it? You automate the lower grade stuff to give you time back to, or to protect you. It's kind of an insurance policy. And then it gives you the time back to work on the stuff that takes you takes you even higher. Yeah. Um, so how do we get even higher? Uh, Richard, once we've got our scripts running, yeah. what are the what are the key things you're seeing people doing that are leading to success on Google ads, on Google shopping ads at the moment? There's quite a few things. So I'll, I'll, I'll fire through a few things. So I think it's the way that you structure that campaign in the first instance is, is very key. So quite often what we see is a lot of people will pull the feed in They'll create a campaign and it's got all the SKUs in one campaign, whereas you should have multiple campaigns. If you think of your e-commerce store, most people will have spent the time and resource to research that navigation structure, the wording of that navigation with their SEO research and the keyword research and the sub-nav and the sub-sub-nav and so forth. We always recommend to build out your campaigns using that structure. Now, to, But to use that structure, the naming conventions of your um categories subcategories won't exist in google shopping's hierarchy usually in their google hierarchy of um, what they call their categories so you have to sort of use something else which is called product type so then you you can then create what you've called your navigation on your website in product types and then product types you can build campaigns around your product types so then your actual structure of your campaigns are then mirroring in your website that assumes you've done some good work on your website navigation in the first place, which, you know, which obviously not always is the case, but we're assuming a few things. Quite often the type of clients we work with, you know, they're, they're, they're semi-sophisticated, I think, or they're, they're, well, they're, they're, they're usually quite into their journey with, um, with um, e-commerce and they've maybe had three, four, five SEO firms look at their um, structure and they, they've heard the, you know, they've done keyword research for three years or whatever it may be. Um, so quite often the structures are, are quite good. So we want to build the campaigns using that structure. So then when you're logging in, you're seeing your campaigns in a very familiar structure, you know, and, you're, and then you then learning those campaigns then something I would really recommend is using custom labels, um, which, again, is quite often not used. So custom mm-hmm. labels enables you to add an additional data into your feed, which you can then use in, in, the, in the campaign. So an example would be one of the best ones we find is price break. Because ultimately, again, most stores have got products for a pound and maybe products for a thousand pounds. And if they're sitting in the same campaign and the levers you're, you're adjusting are the same levers for the pound thing or the thousand pound thing, that's just crazy. It's really hard to get a good ROAS on a one pound product. And it's quite easy to do it on a thousand pound or it's easier to do it on a thousand pound product, isn't it? Absolutely. So you would create a custom custom label that says anything between 1p and say £10 goes here. Anything from £10 and a penny to £20 goes here and so on, all the way through to your dearest product. And then you know, some of your price make breaks might be like 50 to 100, 100 to 200, 200 to 350. But then what that, that enables you to do is then bid on that price break rather than just those products 
in that category. So you go in category, price break, you might put other things in there like brand and things like that. But using custom labels is something that is very much not used in probably 90% of the accounts we see that the structure is incorrect and then they're not using the, the custom labels. I find the lack of using custom labels insane because it it's what, four years since I ran a marketing at Google Ads agency and we were excited about custom labels for about three years before yeah, that happened yeah. because they are gold dust to a to a Google shopping optimization. They are just like yeah. such a powerful thing. And to think that still people aren't doing it, it oh, it's frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at a new account, mo, mo, you know, probably a couple of new accounts every week is, you know, is where I spend a lot of my time. And it's so, so common. You know, and it's such a quick win. You know, just that one thing I've just mentioned, but then you can add in other things like, you know, margin, best-selling products, seasonality are quite a common one. Um, you know, there's all sorts, depending on the business, really. Yeah, add them in, and then you can take that variable and break your campaign down with that variable or adjust bidding, you know, around that variable. So if you've got best-selling products, if you've got high margin, you know, high, medium, low, high margin, well, you no doubt can spend more money on your on your, on your ads, you know, on, on, on getting enough. Yeah, so you can set a different ROAS target for the high margin products versus the low margin products, which helps you achieve those overall performance errors. It just helps you do more clever marketing, doesn't it? But Richard, we were we were working through your list there. So we got um we got the account structure. Yeah. 100% agree with that one. We got custom labels. 200% agree with that one. What else have you got on your brilliant list for us? I think a quick one is mobile optimization. Um, it's just looking at the device bids, which is quite a basic setting really in AdWords. And this goes across any type of um, you know, search campaigns, display, whatever it may be. Um, but looking at the conversion ROAS and the values um, across devices. So quick adjustments in an account. Um, on mobile, you know, you will usually see that, and this is quite, a, there's a few caveats to this, but, you know, quite often, nine times out of 10, you're going to get a better ROAS off a desktop. That's a bold statement, and a few people may disagree. But look at your look at your stats, and you will see that the you know that quite often a few adjustments on mobile will average out the um, ROAS on mobile a lot better. So going in and making some quite bold adjustments on mobile is usually um, a very good um, thing to look at. Um, and then I would say there's something that that's um, used in the industry and something we've we've really developed and, and taken and really really grown this last sort of three years is a thing that we call keyword sculpting. So when you think of a product, um, a type of products, typically with Google Shopping, um, you're creating a feed and then you're saying, I want to I want to bid you know, 50p on that product. Where with search ads, you're saying, I want to bid 50p on that keyword. Yeah, where with shopping, you just say, I'm going to bid 50p on that particular product in that campaign. So it's quite challenging when a product is searched for, your product's going to show for all sorts of keywords, you know, keywords that are not, that high intent so if you're saying bikes it might be like free trex bike well if somebody wants to buy a free trex bike they don't want to pay anything for it but in your <laughs> if you're selling trex at if you're, if you're selling trex bikes your ads are going to show they're going to click on it so you what we do is create multiple campaigns for each skew this is at the this is at the far end and you end up with thousands of campaigns so if you've got a trex bike so trex bike would be a type of campaign trex bike with a model number would be a type of campaign, and then Trek Spike with, um, you know, the full explanation of you know the full description. So there's three campaigns um, that are for one skew, but we're using negative keywords and put in Trek Spike 
in one end and then Trek Spike with the model number in the next one. So basically, we're basically herding keywords. So if somebody typed in Trek Spike, this campaign won't show because we put it over here as a negative. It has to show over here. And you use what's known as the priorities within Google Shopping's settings. Um, there, we have got an article on it on our blog, which will explain it a lot better than I do. But um, but that's something that is called keyword sculpting, creating multiple campaigns for each SKU and then using negative keywords to stop the key the keywords that don't convert as well. But you still need them, but you don't want to be paying as much for them. So you're actually bidding quite a lot less on certain keywords, whereas if they're all in one, you know, you can't control you know, the, the really good keywords and the not so good keywords, but you do need them all in reality, yeah. I love that. And Richard, we will add a link to that blog post in uh, in the show notes for this episode. And I love that you've given us, we've we've done like this, this time-saving stuff with the scripts. We've done the, dear God, people, why aren't you doing this with the account structure and the custom labels? And then that keyword sculpting piece is a really... Guys, as you're listening to this, this might sound complicated, but it's a lot more straightforward when you start putting it in place than you think. So I think a lot of you are going to get a lot of benefit from that. Well, look, we are now going to pause for a reminder of our sponsors, and then we're going to talk about the whole wide world of Google Ads. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS, and personalized website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash masterplan. Okay, Richard, so far we have gone deep into Google shopping campaigns. Now you get to wow us all with your insider knowledge about the whole world of Google ads. So for the following questions, your answer can be anything, anything at all to do with Google ads, which of course does include those Google shopping campaigns. So Richard, you ready for these? I'll try my best. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's start with Google Ads newbie advice. If we've inspired someone to take their first step with Google Ads, what do they need to know to give themselves the best chance of success? I think with shopping particularly, if you've got an e-com store, get a feed from that store, connect it to a merchant account and get your ads up and running with penny bids would be the, be would be the best advice. Get your ads up and running because quite often that's the, the, you know, I had a call probably... Six months ago, a guy says to me, I've been trying to get shopping ads up and running for the last two years. I'm like, seriously? And then two days later, he was up and running. Now, he actually genuinely spends 50 grand a month on ads. Wow. Because <laughs> he couldn't get them working. So I think just figure it, getting getting a feed out of your store, connecting to a merchant account, connecting that to your ads account, get up and running. And just with penny bids will be a great start point for somebody starting out. And obviously with penny bids, you know, it's obviously look at your budget, what you want to spend on a monthly basis. But really, penny bids will get you, will open the door to the world of um, Google Shopping with those penny bids. And then obviously orders will trickle in and then you can start to adjust things, you know, and start to learn more. Yeah. It's a really nice low risk way to start, isn't it? And it will just hoover up any demand out there that you can get for a very low cost. The problem, I suppose, is that as you then start optimising, your return on investment is probably going to go down, but your sales will go up, so it'll be okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's always the risk. Well, look, uh, okay, Richard, um, once you've started, of course, you've got to keep optimising. So what's your favourite way to improve Google Ads performance? So it would be looking at what's working and, and what's not working. So it's getting, getting in the interface, getting very familiar, down and dirty with the interface. It could be quite a daunting space if you're not that familiar with it. But obviously, like me and you, obviously been doing this for a long, long time. I think it's getting in there, you know, understanding the ways to set up the the different filters on the account so you're seeing really the returns at real granular level so looking at product level if you've got product level in there or subcategory sub subcategory getting the ROAS the conversion values making sure the tracking's working is absolutely key if you're spending that whatever it may be, 10,000, 50,000 pounds a month. If you don't know what you're getting back, that's a major problem. So getting that ROAS, um, understanding that ROAS, and then getting in there and tweaking is really right. Okay, so going back to what we talked about earlier is very much right. Okay, we need to get five, and we're getting a three over here. So what are we going to do about moving that three to a four? You know, So it's then getting in, looking at all the other levers, some of the other things we maybe not talked about, about location targeting. You know, if you're, uh, you know, if you're a UK-based business and you've got other countries switched on by mistake, which is very unlikely, but it can be quite often some very crazy settings that aren't, um, um, you know, that aren't set up properly or set up incorrectly. Location one is one where if you take a level below country, I've seen a lot of success with, you know, businesses in the States segmenting by state um, and businesses in the UK, even looking at Scotland, England, Wales, Ireland, there can still be some some big things. But it's really it's really just about getting in there and exploring all those different areas and finding the bits that look you look at it and you go, oh, that's horrible. <laughs> or, oh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. And then I would say, you know, like any store, I, I'm a big believer of what we refer to as the 80-20 sort of principle, which is, you know, the Pareto's law that, you know, um, you know there's a small amount of actions that are going to have the biggest benefit. So, again, when we're looking at some of the things, some of the things we've already discussed, looking at mobile adjustments, massive, massive change, massive um, profit turn you can have with those adjustments but then when we look at an e-commerce store and you've got you know a thousand SKUs 10,000 SKUs typically you'll have this 20% of SKUs or maybe the 20 the 8 to 20 of the 20% you know which is like this 4% of SKUs that actually are the, th- are the products that make you money so really hone in on those and re- we, we refer to it as bestseller obs- obsession so, you know, what are your best sellers? Because we're going to sell a hell of a lot of them for you. And we're going to go in, you know, and create, you know, key um, keyword sculpting for all, your key, for all your key products. So four campaigns for each product, which is insane because most people are doing one campaign for the whole website. Yeah. You know, and then we go in there and then you are opening up all the location targeting. So you've maybe got, you know, 52 counties or whatever it may be, or maybe however many hundred towns even. And then obviously all... Then splitting the day parting down by hours using scripts, you can do that. So straight away, you've just opened up probably like several hundred um, opportunities to bid slightly differently. And that's before, you know, we start looking at other areas. Yeah. Cool. Okay. If someone listening wants to learn more about Google Ads, is there one cheap or free resource you'd recommend? There's quite a lot of resources out there. Firstly, I would say we, we do have a lot of resources on our own site. So I would go to training.ecom1.com. And then also um, we have a podcast that has a lot of episodes um, ourselves about um, Google Shopping, which is ecom1.com forward slash e-commerce hyphen podcast. 
And then away from us, um, I would say Data Feed Watch um, have an exceptional blog, very much focused on Google Shopping and a lot around feeds. So Data Feed Watch, um, they have an amazing blog as well. Um, so I think they're some of the best resources out there personally. Excellent. Nice. Three of them there. I like it. <laughs> and all free as well, which is even better. Um, okay, Richard, finally, it is crystal ball time. What's coming up in the next six to 12 months that we should be getting ready for in Google Ads? I think for me, that's an interesting question, but I think the, the big thing is just the sheer demand that we've experienced in a lot of industries, you know, with the, with the shift with the, with, with the pandemic and whatnot, or with e-commerce. It's not going anywhere, you know. Obviously, now demand and the for majority of e-commerce industries has just literally gone. You know, depending on whose stat you want to believe, but I know for a fact when we look at our, you know, literally hundreds of accounts we've got in our MCCs, um, you know, the sheer demand for e-commerce. So I think the biggest thing for me in terms of looking forward is if you're not doing Google Shopping. You need to be doing it because the sheer demand for products as a whole is just ridiculous, you know, and it's not going, obviously there's going to be some changes and, you know, I know as, as things change and, and we get back to more to going out and things like that, the demand for different product shifts and things like that. But the, the habits of people buying online is just becoming more and more and more, you know, I could give you some examples if you want me to go into it. But uh, so I think in terms of the future, um, it's really, I think if you sit on the sidelines with Google shopping, you need to be, at least testing and trying and you know and maybe maybe you have tested before yourself or get a little bit of professional expertise just to dial a few things in create a better feed for you set up maybe just your best sellers where you've got a lot more margin but i would really you know sort of implore people to really you know explore shopping and i think um in terms of sort of the actual um what's coming in terms of um newer things that's a little bit trickier actually um i would say i think there's a lot of people that are running shopping that aren't running on what, what's known as a css um which is um comparison shopping service so i think you're going to see you know certain issues are getting more and more competitive so some of the things we've talked about you've got to be layering them in if you're just relying on making a few adjustments here and there every other day and ad hocly you know, you're not going to win like anything in your business. You know, you, you no doubt you've got a successful store. It's not just because you bought some stock and put it on a website and it sort of sold a little bit. You know, it's the same with ads. If you're running ads, you've got to have all these levers and adjusting them, focusing on the best sellers. And CSS, it gives you a big advantage. So it's something that um, we see probably, again, probably 80% of the clients that we look at their accounts. It's not something they have implemented on their on their account. Excellent. Uh, Richard, you have given us so much good advice. It's been brilliant. Uh, we are very nearly at the end of the show, though. So could you please let the listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Sure. So best place for website wise would be econ1.com. Um, there's a lot of free resources on there. We've got a blog, we've got a podcast, we've got a lot of free training, we've got a lot of, a lot of webinars. So that's the best place to sort of find out more about the company or reach out to me on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Hill. Uh, and you will find me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Feel free to drop me a DM on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm on there most days. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Richard. And thank you so much for being on the podcast today. Um, I I am currently wishing I had a Google Ads account I could go and play in and uh, play around with some of those things you, you suggested, but I don't anymore. It's very frustrating. So I have a, a strong suspicion we've, we've uh, inspired a lot of the audience to go and have another look at their Google Shopping campaign or get it set up, which is the whole point of this episode. So, uh, so thank you from all of us, Richard. It's been a pleasure. Lovely. Thank you, Chloe.
Well, there you have it. A whole load of advice for you on Google Shopping campaigns and Google Ads, whether you're just starting off, uh, haven't started at all yet, or whether you are deep into it and getting very excited about those scripts, automations and uh, the keyword sculpts we were talking about. Links to all of that is in the show notes. Um, We have also um, added to that a link to our CSS episode because we Richard touched on that very briefly and we didn't have time to get into it because it is a whole episode on its own, which is why we've done a whole episode on it over on our sister podcast, E-Commerce Master Plan. It's episode 204, but we'll put a link to that in the show notes and you can find all the links, uh, the full transcript of the episode, notes and much more at keepoptimizing.com. Click on the link to the full list of episodes and there you will find this one. Now, as part of my mission to help you improve your marketing, I've invited all our Google ad specialists to join us for a Q&A webinar at the end of the month. That's going to be your chance to get your Google ads, Google shopping, etc. questions answered. So do make sure you get yourself signed up and registered by heading to keepoptimizing.com. And I know you guys are listening from all over the world and the time might not work for you. But if you sign up, even if you can't attend on time, we send out the recording of that to everyone almost immediately afterwards. And if you can't make it because you'll be asleep or something important like that, then you can always email me your question and I will do my best to get it asked. So even if it's not happening at a time where you can attend, I would love your input to make that webinar be as useful for you as possible. Oh, well, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Keep Optimising podcast. Do check out um, our other Google Shopping campaign episode as well, which is number 15, because um, that will help you build on what you've learned in this episode. And if you know anyone else who's busy trying to improve their Google Ads performance, then um, or even actually to, to get the inside track on how to get their Google Ads agency working harder for them, please do tell them about our podcast because I create it to help as many of you as possible to improve the performance of your marketing. Now have a great week and make sure you listen to the next episode, which is going to be on Google Keywords so that I can help you to keep optimizing your marketing. Access everything Keep Optimizing at keepoptimizing.com. That's with an S, not a Z.